Good evening, fans. Tim Kittrow here, the voice of NBA Jam. And you're listening to the Game Dev Breakdown Podcast, brought to you by CodeWritePlay.com. Whoa, boom shakalaka. My mom gave birth in 1985. I was bluer than a Pac-Man ghost, barely alive. In the Cold War, my only blanket was Tetris. I played Rampart with Reagan Rampage, the world for breakfast. The laundry mat was my sanctuary. The arcade was my church. I thought I was Rastan. So All right, welcome back to Game Dev Breakdown, all you game dev type people. Todd Mitchell here, and it is time to finish up our series on getting into creation of console games for modern consoles. And you guessed it, the only one left to do is PlayStation. So we're going to talk tonight about making a PlayStation game from scratch, from right where you are. Suppose you have no idea at all. If you want to start now, let's talk about how to make a PlayStation game. Well, okay. So a quick look back at our Microsoft and Nintendo experiences We determined that Microsoft has some very beginner-friendly things you can do. You can check out their creator program. Their Unity support is not great for that anymore, but you can put your Xbox One into development mode for free. Just download an app. This eliminates the need for development hardware. That's the only deal you're going to get like that. And without any sort of dev kit being sent to you or purchased by you, You can uh, find ways to make apps run on your Xbox, and you can go straight through publishing that way. So Microsoft has a big leg up there. Nintendo is not something that surprised us a lot because we knew that they keep things pretty locked down, and they've done that since the dawn of time. If you want to get in with Nintendo to do development there, you are going to need probably going to need hardware, you're going to need a big publisher agreement, they're going to need to know exactly what you plan to do. Where is PlayStation? Hmm, Somewhere in between. Uh, They do a few interesting things nobody else does. They don't go as far as letting you put your own hardware into developer mode or anything like that. So let's just start at the top. If you want to develop a PlayStation game, You can start by checking out their developer landing page. Everybody's got some version of this. Sony is no different. So if you go to, the link is like, uh, this is a very simple Google search. But if you go to like playstation.com slash en dash us slash develop slash dot one, you will get their developer landing page. So it's not exactly user friendly, but... Their landing page basically explains their process. So it says, With the ability to self-publish on PlayStation Network across PlayStation 4, PlayStation VR, and PlayStation Now, there's a PlayStation platform for every game. You set the wholesale price and release date of your game. No setup fees. Receive ESRB ratings for free. I think I received my ratings for free on Android. I I don't think I paid for that. So I don't, I don't know how common that is. Uh, streamlined submission process, they say. Market your game to millions of PlayStation fans. This is all no-brainer stuff. Of course, these things are all true. Their bulleted list for the process says, Step 1, submit your online application and register your company. So again, you're going to need to have your paperwork in order for your company to get started. No matter where you are, you've got to have your LLC, your S-Corp, whatever it is. Step two is submit your agreement to become a PlayStation partner. And we'll uh, talk more about that momentarily. And three, start game development on PlayStation. The requirements are proof of corporate entity. So again, 
Come correct with your uh, business license, all that stuff. Obtain an employer tax ID number. So if you have an LLC or better, you'll uh, you'll probably have this already. There's a form to fill out if you don't, and it's uh, with the IRS here in the United States. You need a static IP to access developer support systems. That's that one. This is interesting for a couple of reasons. One, I don't know if I have a static IP with my internet provider or not. I don't think I do, actually. But you need a static IP to access developer support systems, and I don't know how badly you need that. That may be sort of a deal breaker for some people, uh, if if that's in fact uh, a set of tools that you definitely need, which uh, that part is behind the NDA wall. I don't really know. I'm not. I should have mentioned this very first thing. I am no longer a PlayStation owner, not because I dislike PlayStation. I had the PlayStation 1, and I loved it. Very formative years were spent playing PlayStation games. I had a PSP at a time when I was kind of, I had to go through a surgery with a little bit of a recovery time, and I got myself a PSP before that, and I really enjoyed that thing. The PSP doesn't get nearly enough credit. There were some pretty fun games. Not everything was perfect, but it was connected to the internet, like you could download stuff. It was pretty cool. Like, there were cool features to the PSP that I don't think got nearly enough uh, credit from anybody. So, since that time, I have not owned any PlayStation hardware. Maybe one day. Eh, probably not. My friends are on Xbox. That's really as complicated as that gets. We play stuff on Xbox, and so I don't play Spider-Man. I would like to play Spider-Man, but I think it's hitting the PC here before too long. So, no PlayStation here. I have no real reason to join the PlayStation uh, developer network, because I don't think I would try to release a game on PlayStation without a PlayStation. That seems That doesn't seem like the best thing to do. And I feel like it would be hard to keep a straight face and be like, buy my game on PlayStation, I hear it's good. So uh, that's all to explain. I I have never uh, completed the agreements to be a respected and recognized development partner on the Sony side. So this is all based on research, but I I do have what I believe to be all the correct information here. I mean, that's all. Like, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff on the podcast, and I'm not going to have done every bit of it. That's the uh, PlayStation developer landing page. I dive further into a number of things here. So one thing that caught me was there were different websites maintained by Sony. One is this developer landing site, and then there's a PlayStation Partners site. And that site, that site branches off into three functional areas, and those are each types of partnerships you can have or you can apply to be in with Sony. The first one is for game studios and publishers, so that looks a lot like what we just talked about. Need your corporate entity, need the proof of legal status of your business. They want to see your certificate of incorporation. That's that's the first time I've heard of that one. Usually, I feel like all the developer agreements I've agreed to, if I had my federal employer identification number, the EIN or the ETIN, they were cool. Like, they didn't need to see my certificate of incorporation, so keep those papers handy if you do this. They want to see your latest annual return slash financial statement. I mean, how deep does this go? Like, they, <laughs> this feels like full-on distrust of everyone who <laughs> wants to apply to their company. That's kind of interesting to me. Copy of your entry on commercial register or equivalent within your country or region. This is just more federal registry stuff for your company so you got to know all this stuff and your they mentioned static ip address here as well non-public domain email address so if you've got a business you've probably got a domain name for it if you have a domain name for it you probably have an email address for it 
What's up, buddy? I just want you turned off now. Do you need to go potty? No. Okay. Go ahead and play for a little bit longer. Okay. Thanks, buddy. Here goes my boy. If you've got a domain name for your business, you've probably got an email address for that business. That is the email address they want to see. No Gmail, no Hotmail. People joke about Hotmail, but I still have Hotmail, and that's what I use for my, my Xbox account. They Finally, they want to see your product pitch, either a game design document, hold on to that thought, or a sheet detailing your planned projects for PlayStation platforms. That's interesting because a game design document would break down one game, or they say they'll take a sheet, so like a short file, detailing your planned projects, plural, for the PlayStation platforms. So... I would go with the second one, right? I would go with, with a short Word document that says, we plan to make revolutionary, immersive, virtual, not virtual, interactive experiences, virtual if you use PlayStation VR, and we're going to make a series about this and uh, downloadable content about that. You can just speculate wildly. I mean, would they approve that? This is what they're asking for. Or a game design document. Now, I bring that up because on Twitter... Everyone's been sort of poo-pooing game design documents lately. Have you noticed this? I take it personally because I have a very popular game design document template on itch. And like, it's, it's one of the most popular ones. I based it on someone else's who I felt like they went in some unusual directions with the stuff they included in there. So I sort of brought it closer to like my process and the way I think about things. And people really liked that. That is that is on my uh, my itch profile, if you know where that is. I think you can search for that on CodeWritePlay.com. Point being, I have one of the more popular game design document templates out there right now. And I feel like the moment that happened, <laughs> everyone decided they were for jerks. Uh, so, so here we are. I still, if I am really, if I'm tackling a big project, it is not uncommon for me to put one of these together. People say that if you fill one out, you're like, you're going to throw it out because you're not going to finish that project. I totally filled one out for my game that I shipped and it's still around here somewhere. So I don't, I don't feel like you're cursing your project by doing that. Anyway, you can think whatever you want about the concept of a game design document. However, you may be required to show one if you need to, to talk your way into the PlayStation developer program. Okay, so there's a second functional area on this partner site, and that's for tools slash middleware. And I don't know if like Unity and Unreal would go into this section, but if you're creating stuff for developers, then you would want to aim for this, this second program. And they their big pitch here is that you let them know what you're doing and they make sure the right people know about it. And they do have a section where you can go find all this stuff to use in your projects. So the third functional area is called academic or academia. They call it different things in different places. But the idea is Sony Interactive Entertainment America offers an academic program to champion the next generation of PlayStation savvy creators. This, these are, of course, their words and not mine. Our aim, they say, is to establish partnerships with select universities and academic institutions inspired by PlayStation technologies as a critical part of their teaching curriculum. Let me go back and break that sentence down. Let me get out my diagramming pencil here. Our aim is to establish partnerships with select universities and institutions inspired by PlayStation technologies. Are the organizations supposed to be founded on their inspiration by PlayStation technologies? That sounds like a bit of a stretch, right? 
Or are the partnerships inspired by PlayStation technology? Why would Sony be inspired by their own technologies? I can't think of any way to read this where it doesn't sound kind of weird. <laughs> anyway, they say this is made possible by providing access to our development hardware and software and a variety of training initiatives to instill PlayStation game development and production values. That's another weird take. We want to instill PlayStation game development and production values. We would like to catch students while they're still in school and teach them how to do things exactly the way we would like them done. Whew, who's participating in that? Full sale, probably. <laughs> That's a callback to a couple of episodes now where people talked about full sale and how it was kind of strange. So, okay, uh, this is another place where dev kits come up. As we're going to discuss here, you cannot develop a PlayStation game. From my, based on my understanding, and my understanding is based on direct comments from a number of people, you can't do this without a dev kit. So the dev kits become very important. So let's talk about those dev kits. We, uh, we already know that the PS5 uses dev kits, even if we're not partners of Sony, because the uh, pictures of those dev kits leaked back in like December of 2019, if you remember that. Do you remember seeing the weird gray thing with all the vents in it that was like V-shaped? And, and people initially thought, oh my god, I think that's the PS5. Well, it's not the PS5, but it is the dev kit for the PS5, and that turned out to be very legit. So they designed it, I read that they designed it that way, so it could be stacked one on top of another, and if you needed to like stress test something, you could hook up four or five, however many of these, and they could all do their thing and vent out of the side, even though they're stacked up. Well get a server rack, right? How about something that fits on a server rack? We have, we have not, it's not even technology. It's pieces of metal. We have pieces of metal for this. That's not the way they went. They wanted to make Voltron's foot and you can get that by partnering with um, Sony. So we know that the dev kits are not going anywhere for probably five or 10 years at least. Cause I mean, we're going to have the PS5 for a long time. And so it sounds like you'll be forced to get dev kits. I can't believe hardware. Well, I can believe hardware manufacturers want to make more hardware. But isn't it problematic for them? Isn't it hard to keep up with this? Because they loan these things. Well, there's a uh, Polygon article that said PS4 dev kits cost around $2,500. Who's buying that? Well, apparently no one. Because they interviewed a lot of developers who told Polygon that they were all loaned a dev kit for one year for free. So you do have to time your release well enough that you can do all the testing at the end. You can check out what's going on on the uh, dev kit itself. And let's be real. These are, you know, Unity projects, Unreal projects. Or you have such super badass programmers that it's the equivalent of your own version of Unity or Unreal. So line up all your ducks in a row. Get the hardware kit shipped to you, loaned from Sony. Rush, rush, rush. Test, test, test. And hopefully you don't have too much left to do because then you got to send this thing back. Dev kits apparently aren't being sold at all. The $2,500 amount is just what they're worth. And people say, well, they're being loaned to favored developers. And I believe that because that's what everyone does, especially Nintendo. We talked about that too. Microsoft, meanwhile, Microsoft's starting to sound real good, right? Yeah, just flip a switch and your, your Xbox is in dev mode. Nintendo and Sony like to play favorites, and they like to pick their favorite studios. And here, let us send you this hardware free of charge. We'll cover the shipping. 
I don't know if they cover the shipping, but they make it very simple for the chosen ones, which, fair enough. But everyone that Polygon talked to said, oh, they just give these things out like wildfire. They don't, it's no big deal. Everybody who needs one has one. But I'm guessing if you talk to smaller developers, they go, of course, that's not true. That's my guess. My guess is there are small studios and small indies who have Steam games out. They would love to do a port. Maybe they've even applied to Sony's program. I I bet it wouldn't be too hard to find somebody who goes, I would love to get access to that and can't. We've heard these kind of stories before. We've had people on the show who are like, I can't get any help on Steam. I can't get any attention on Steam. And then the popular developers come in and go, what are you talking about? My life is awesome. I have a huge audience. The algorithm favors me. And there's this very big, big sort of separation in the middle. So I think that exists here at Sony as well. Again, I have to go on clues, other people's interviews, but I've looked at quite a bit of this now. So I'm, I'm guessing there are people who would love a dev kit and probably have never been in the same room with one. But that begs the question, is or is not there a way to release a game? Say you're going the easy Unity route. Can you create a game in Unity on your PC, release it on Steam, and do, you know, download another module, switch build platforms, and then pop out a PlayStation 4 or PlayStation 5, you know, executable game? Is there a way to do that? It sounds like no. It sounds like there is not. Let's take a quick break to talk about our sponsor, App Figures. App Figures is all about giving game makers the tools they need to get more downloads and revenue. You may know them for analytics and app store optimization. Now, App Figures can help you track competitors from downloads and dollar amounts to audience demographics and even which SDKs they use. Their competitor intelligence gives you great context. If a competitor adds a new feature or gets mentioned in the news, App Figures can tell you if that brought in more downloads. If you have a new idea for an app or a game, App Figures can tell you how big the market is and how much money it could make you. That is just scratching the surface. Whether you're growing your app or building a new one, App Figures has the tools you need to reduce risk and get more downloads. You don't need a huge budget or a data science degree. App Figures has made it affordable and simple, and they provide tools that can guide you step-by-step through gaining more visibility with ASO and increasing your revenue by learning from your competitors. Head to appfigures.com slash on slash game dev breakdown to try app figures for free. If you like it, use our special code GDB3030 to get 30% off for the next three months. Somebody at who presented at GDC or something like that talked specifically about self-publishing, which is what Sony just advertised there above, the self-publishing process on PlayStation 4, and one of the very first things he said was, this process still requires access to dev kits. So if you don't have a dev kit, you're you're basically not going to get this done. I think the reason for that is, I think in theory they would probably tell you, like, you don't necessarily need a dev kit, but there's such a tricky certification checklist that you're only going to be aware of the problems and only going to be able to get through this process if you have this on a dev kit you can see messages and see you know what's what the performance is and get all the results okay what he does say is there, i've seen this a couple of places now feedback is optional i've seen that several places and i go what do you mean feedback is optional apparently during the publishing process or the submission process before publishing there is a form that has a checkbox basically that says Would you like feedback from Sony about your game? And if you check that box, 
they'll send back, I don't know what, I haven't seen an example of this kind of feedback, but only if you check that will they tell you, like, here's how we think this would perform better or uh, find a more suitable audience, yada yada. So it's up to you if you want to hear back from Sony to hear basically whether you did a good job or a bad job. If you don't want to hear it, you just uncheck the box and they let you publish anything that's allowable within their rules. That'll come up later too, because I have a story about that. But uh, Sony then determines how much marketing they'll do for you based on their opinion of the game's quality. So if you really want to make a go of it, I think you probably have to take their advice and have to accept their feedback because I'm guessing if they have strong thoughts about this and you say, I don't want to hear it, save it for your mother, they're going to let this fade into obscurity right on launch day. So go in with that mindset. You may need to take some constructive criticism or maybe criticism you don't find constructive, but you may need to listen to Sony about your game if you want their help once launch day comes. So there is another interesting element to the Sony publishing side, and that's funding. I want to say right at the beginning of this that I'm going to sound like I'm bagging on Sony for the way they handle this, but as you know, no one else does this at all. There's no funding. There are no, you know, help for indie initiatives at Microsoft that I know of or Nintendo. But Sony, more than once now, has set aside big amounts of money to go, if you're publishing an indie game, we will, we've set aside so many million dollars. The last time it happened in like 2009, and they set aside $20 million to fund what they call select indies. So basically you would apply to this program and they would give you what is actually like an advance against royalties. So that if you're not familiar with that concept, because I think the only other place you'd hear that is uh, book publishing, the idea is you apply for this project. I don't know how far you had to be to ask for the money, but if they liked what you were going to do, they would give you an advance against royalties, which was say they decided to give you ten or fifteen thousand dollars, and that was your part of the. Uh, they called it the pub fund back then, so the publisher fund. They would cut you this big check for ten or fifteen thousand dollars, but what it really was was kind of a loan. So it's a loan that you can use for development or however you see fit. And then when your game launches, they're going to take that back out of your sales. So they're banking on you selling a certain amount. So they will withhold that as your game sells after launch. Now, you won't have to pay interest, I don't think. I don't think it involved interest. My son's tapping on my arm. What's up, buddy? I just want to let you turn the game off. And I'll go upstairs and we'll take a ride to see the Christmas lights. Yeah, we got to wait for mommy to get off work first, okay? Okay. Okay. You want to play out in that area? You want to turn the lights on, hang out out there for a little bit? Okay. Where was I? So Sony will take back their money. I think it's without interest, and so it still ends up being a nice deal if you need some investment money to get over the hill and get your game launched. So that was cool, but that was like 10 years ago. Thanks, buddy. What I'd be curious to know is... How did it go? How much of that money did they get back? When they got the money back, did they put it into another indie studio and just let it sort of keep rolling and rolling and rolling out until enough studios weren't able to pay it all back that it just all vanished? They probably wouldn't put that information out, but I'm really curious to know how far that money got and if they just ever just stopped doing it. The reason I ask was because that was like 11 years ago. 
11 and a half thereabouts. And in April of this year, when the pandemic kicked off in about April, Sony said, Hey, we're announcing the play at home fund. I don't know if that's the right name for it. They had a a page called play at home. And part of their announcement was you can download these two free games. And uh, this is so you'll play games at home, stay safe, stay away from each other. You get the idea. And they said, also we're setting aside $10 million this sounds familiar, right? To help fund indies and support indies during the pandemic. And that was the last we heard. April of this year. We were hoping the pandemic would be over by now. And I am not able to find one place where they say another word about this. I also tweeted. I, I said, here's the link to this article. Maybe you heard about it. Maybe you didn't. I'm asking anyone on Twitter, anyone at all, if you know anything about this program, could you show me another word since April of this year and not one person? And several people retweeted this because I think they got curious about it. Nobody knew anything about this since April of this year. And again, these were (laughs) funds that were earmarked for the pandemic. So the two things, well, there are several things that could have happened. They could have very quietly picked studios. Maybe they were already talking to or studios they liked and said, here's some money. That'd be kind of a bummer because not many people would get a chance that way. Uh, they, I guess this could still be bouncing around the giant corporation that Sony is. It's a lot of money. You know, it's, I know Sony is Sony, but $10 million is $10 million. And people want to know what's going to happen. Another possibility is this information is somewhere and I don't know and I just didn't get the right tweet back. If you know, let me know. Because I'm, I'm curious about that because it's a cool program. I'm not completely trying to bag on Sony. I'm like just the journalist in me would like to know what happened because it's weird when stuff trails off like that. It's very strange when when something that big vanishes without a trace. I don't know that it's not in existence anymore or that it was canceled or anything, but I I'm sure they know that they couldn't announce that and everyone would just go, oh, I forgot about that. I never heard another word like we're out here listening and waiting and watching unclear, but it does sound like they want to do more of that for indies. Now, those are most of the basics of publishing on the Sony side. Because we're talking about this, this is not the hugest deal, but a former guest on the show, Michael Hicks, I bring him up every once in a while because he's a one-man indie who has made like three commercial games, and he's he started before he turned 18. He had to wait until his 18th birthday to publish his first game on the Xbox 360 store. And since that time, he's sold like over half a million units. Almost by himself. He's got an artist he works with. He's got friends he collaborates with on occasion. But that dude is doing what we've all wanted to do forever. He's making it work. So I like to find people like that and go, how's it work? What are you doing? What's your secret? Let's uh, open up your brain and dig out the nuggets of uh, truth. So I'm not going to open up anyone's brain, but I've talked to him several times. This story is not about his games Pillar or Path of Modus or the, the first one that he did. He does other funny, like, artsy comedy type projects. And he's got a buddy who he made his own little rap group with. And I don't, I, I don't say that in a condescending way. It's cool what he does. He like, they create their own albums. They've been doing this for 10 years or so. So he and his buddy do these occasional rap albums, which fine. It's like parody stuff and you you get how it is. I mean, it's the tamest thing imaginable. It's not offensive or anything like that. It's just goofy, funny stuff. And he has a fun time doing it. So that's awesome. He and his friend 
made a new album in the last year or so, and as a tie-in to this album, they created a game for the PS4. And it was apparently sort of a hybrid thing, Little, you could tell it was promotional in nature. I never played this, but it actually did really well in stores, in the PlayStation Store. Got very high ratings, it stayed near the top of the charts, and it was kind of a... It was a surprising thing, but this thing really crushed it in, in just performance. Everybody was into this. On August 8th, Sony apparently removed this game without even contacting Michael. He, Because he has released games in the past and he's done very well, he has contacts at Sony. So he said he reached out to them and they said, I don't know. He, he checked in with his people. They didn't know what to tell him, but then it was relisted. After that, probably through the help of his his contacts, August 28th, so 20 days later, it disappears again. He reaches out to his people again, and he gets two stories back. One person says, you guys tried to publish standalone avatars. I don't know what that is. Is that like the, uh, the little people on the Xbox side? Is that similar to that? I don't understand what that is. But apparently they tried to publish their own standalone avatars, which caused an issue. The other theory was... And this is pretty specific just to be a guess and kind of controversial just to be a guess. But the second person said, some people on the store team think the game contains content players might find offensive. Now that's so tentative and weird. I'm going to say that again. Some people on the store team think that the game contains content players might find offensive. Now what that tells me is, it's hard. My, my instinct was to say, this tells me there were no real complaints, but they might have felt like they weren't allowed to say there were complaints, like that would be private information. So one of those two things is true. Either someone preemptively guessed, like, you can't do this, or they got complaints and somebody went, they shouldn't have done this. So for whichever reason, probably, and, and Michael agrees with this, he said in his uh, article, which is on Medium, and I'll link to it in the show notes, he said... It seemed pretty clear to him that number two was the answer, that it was pulled for potentially offensive content. So my question, and I don't mind asking this, is why is it controversial? Michael's a white guy. Okay. We have a situation where there is a lot of racial tension. That's true. But is it because he's a white guy and that he shouldn't have done this? I mean, I'm, I'm not going like, you can't tell a white guy not to rap or anything. I'm just curious from an intellectual standpoint, is that why it was pulled? Because it didn't, I don't think, I've heard a lot of the music. I don't think it said anything sketchy. And I'm sure I could find examples of much more questionable content on the PlayStation store. So to me, it seems like maybe it must've been like, you're white and you shouldn't be rapping. And I, I could see professionals on the store team who are probably slightly older and slightly more timid seeing that and going, oh, heavens, this should not be here. <laughs> so I, I kind of have to laugh because I don't think there's any good reason he couldn't have done this. And I definitely have to throw some criticism in the direction of Sony. Now, Michael let this go immediately. He goes, well, it's, it's a shame. He had one of the most popular games that an indie had on the store at that time, and they just took it away without explanation. They wouldn't answer his questions after the second time. They wouldn't give him a chance to fix something and correct it. They just pulled it and said, uh, I don't know what to tell you. Michael's a cool guy. He's a very laid back guy. I'm kind of not. <laughs> so if they did this to me, I'd be very, very pissed. 
Now, you cannot hold your breath for my rap album. I stutter too much. I can barely get my words out, so I'm not a very good rapper. I am good at rhyming words. I could write someone else's rap, but I'm not going to have a rap album. But if this happened to me for any project, I would be out of my mind. Because you know what kind of time goes into these projects. Would I have normally told this story? And that's really the end of the story. The end of the story is he and his buddy adapted the game for Steam. So they got the PS4 controllers to work. And they apparently supported motion control too. So they got the motion control working with some kind of workaround on the PC. And they put the game on Steam. And it's doing well on Steam now. And it's it's a very tongue-in-cheek project. It's not, you know, it's not The Last of Us Part 2. But it was a funny thing and it helped them sell more music. And so it was important to them because they put this work into it. So that is the end of that story. And I wouldn't have really told this any other time other than when publishing on the PS4 or the the PlayStation store came up. Uh, That was something that turned my head. Would this have potentially happened on a different, on a different platform? I don't know because this kind of goes back to the part where I said Sony has this self-publishing process where you don't have to accept feedback from Sony. You can set the date. As soon as it meets certification, you can just roll it out yourself. Okay, well, isn't there some expectation that if you choose to do that and they certify it, shouldn't you expect that they're not going to pull it later? Maybe they received complaints, but it didn't sound like widespread outcry. I could think of a million super controversial things on the PlayStation or the Xbox or even wasn't Manhunt 2 on the Wii (laughs) and you could like do like screwdriver stabbing motions into somebody with your motion control. Like I can think of a dozen things at least that were like, I'm surprised y'all did that. This wouldn't, this didn't really turn my head other than he and I are buddies and It stung me. It hurt my heart when it was like, that got pulled from the store. Like, what? Why? Think of all the time you had to spend on that. Like, geez. Okay, so that's publishing on Sony in a nutshell. Purpose of the last part being, you know, it it could get pulled at a moment's notice. (laughs) Probably won't. I don't think stuff like this happens very often, but it, it sure has happened. Again... One more time, we walk away with the assumption that you need your business stuff sorted out. You need to know exactly what you want to do, and you need to be able to demonstrate both the plan and why you're likely to make it happen. So you need a track record, you need your stuff in order, and you kind of need to wow the publishers before they even let you in. One more time, we go, is this easy to do as a new indie or someone who doesn't have a fully cooked idea yet? Yeah, it's very hard to do. You're probably not going to get it done that way. So it's I'm impressed. One more time, I am impressed by all of you who have put out a PlayStation game on the indie side. Whether you're a soloist or even part of a small team, kudos to you because those are some hoops. Those are some legit hoops to jump through. That brings us to the end of this series. There are sort of like second tier platforms I could see doing episodes about, but I'm going to wait to hear what you guys think about if there's one you want to hear about, bring it up. I mean, the play date's coming up. <laughs> God damn the play date. The play date's coming up. There's a new, the, the Amico thing is coming out before too long. There are some sort of fringe side platforms we could talk about, but uh, only if only if there's a, a need or a request for it. Otherwise, I've got some ideas about what to talk about next, but we will save that for another time. If you enjoy Game Dev Breakdown, I would love if you would subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. 
If that happens to be on Spotify, hit follow for me. That helps. If you happen to be on the Apple side, drop a rating and a review. That helps. If you're anywhere and you know somebody who might enjoy this kind of content, don't be scared. Tell them you don't even love it. Tell them like, here's this thing. I'm not sure about it. What do you think? Just put it in front of them. That's all I ask. I don't care. Don't don't vouch for Don't stick your neck out for me. I'm just putting this out there. We're having a good time. And I love when this community gets bigger because it brings new ideas and new topics. And it's just, that's what I love about this. I love this growing community and new friends and new topics because I'm going to be here doing this either way. So bring it on. Catch us on social media. We're on Twitter at GameDevPod, at CodeWritePlay, and I am at MechaToddZilla with one D and two L's. And you can check out show notes at CodeWritePlay.com. I did those things out of order this time. Yeah? These are not pre-recorded. I do this anew every time. That's it for me. Let me know what feedback you have, questions, and so on. Otherwise, I will catch you guys again next time. Congratulations on your game dev breakdown, whatever that is. Sounds idiotic to me.